This is Jennifer Papito with the Restoration Home Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. Today, I have the joy and privilege of talking to Jamie Erickson. She's on Instagram at The Unlikely Homeschool, and you can also find her on the internet at jamieerickson.com. I'm excited to talk to her in this series we've been doing on hospitality because her book, Holy Huga, that came out last year, is a beautiful invitation to more hospitality for the gospel's sake. How are you today, Jamie? I am so thrilled to be here, Jennifer. We don't often rub shoulders, so it's nice to get to chat with you today. I'm so excited about it. Your book is the perfect book for these winter episodes because it's kind of all about how hospitality can be this invitation to bring people into the kingdom, bring people into the family of God. But it really also is making all these correlations between winters in Scandinavia and how they specialize in making things cozy or creating huga. Do you want to talk a little bit about what that even means? Yeah, huga is a Danish word and I'll spell it for your listeners because it doesn't sound like the way it's spelled. It's H-Y-G-G-E. And it is a word that we actually don't have an English translation for, but I think you can sum it up by saying huga is um it engenders feelings of comfort and contentment and rest i kind of equated it as the danish version of cocooning yourself in in sort of a worldly sanctuary you know making really inviting comforting spaces even when you know the whole world totters around you i love that idea that creating inviting spaces even when the whole world totters around you because that's part of what this podcast is all about is that I'm writing a book on how the Benedictines survived the fall of the ancient world and how we can put some of the same principles into practice to navigate the kind of uh, chaos that we're experiencing in the world today and so I love that you mentioned the that you know Huga is something you can create even though outside our four walls things are crazy and the point of hospitality in the context of this podcast and the book is that when we invite people in and maybe those people are part of the problem in the exterior world maybe they are part of the reasons why the world is falling apart in their worldview or the things that they do in their lives but when we bring them into our sanctuary or our lighthouse in a sense you know the bible says we should be a city set on a hill and let your light shine before men when we bring them in they get a chance to experience that peace Exactly. Yes. Huga is seeped in invitational living with the idea that, you know, people long for this feeling of home. They long to feel seen and known. And, you know, as, as Christ followers, you know, our biggest call is to go into the world and, and preach the gospel to, to bring the good news. But I think sometimes in our, in our real cynical world, it's not enough that we have the right words of truth to share. We have to provide um, deep relationships with people. And that's where this invitational living comes in when they can see how much we care about them and that we're extending them these feelings of comfort 
we're extending them deep relationships. We're extending them hospitality. They'll be more apt to listen to us uh, and, and hear about our worldview and our belief in Christ when they see that, you know, oh, she actually does care. You know, she's investing in me. Yeah. And I think a lot of the moms listening, you know, they probably have a few kids. They might be busy homeschooling. And some of them might even be feeling like, you know what, I'm realizing how much trauma I have in my past. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything to give. I cannot be a city set on a hill, or maybe they're going through it with their kids. Maybe they're having some struggles with a child who's entering the teen years or a disabled child, or, uh, you know, where there's families who listen, who are dealing with children with different processing disorders, even, and they might feel like there's no restoration happening here. My past is too broken. My home life right now is too broken. I cannot offer restoration. I cannot offer Huga. How would you talk to moms who are encountering some of those feelings? Yeah, well, that was my childhood resume. I grew up in a very broken home and um, could speak to a lot of the, the chaos that is left in the wake. And I, I actually talk about that in my book in the chapter called Comfort, because the, this idea of, of Huga doesn't wish for perfect experiences. It's not a call to like sterilize your life and make it perfect and Instagrammable. It's about creating Hugo right where you're at. And sometimes where we're at is in the middle of a deep, dark winter in our lives. And that's um, seasonal living is part and parcel in the, in the Danish culture. And part of that is just, you know, where they live geographically, they are, they are stuck in winter for a great portion of the year. I, I live in Duluth, Minnesota. And so I can feel that um, wintering deeply. And they understand that, you know, winters are inescapable. We live in a winter, at least a quarter of the year. For some of us, it's even greater than that. We cannot escape it. So it's it's a call to say, okay, whether I like it or not, winter is going to happen. The snow is going to come. The dark days are going to come. Um, and I can either sit in bitterness about that, or I can say, okay, whether I like it or not, the snow is going to come. Either way, I'm still going to have snow. It's my decision how I embrace the snow. And I'm not just talking about the seasons of the calendar. I'm talking about seasons of our lives. And oftentimes we're tempted to call these wintering seasons, these really dark, difficult moments in our lives. We're tempted to call them ruin, you know, and, and just sit in despair. But we have to remember that some really wonderful things happen in winter. You know, winter is the time where we get to lay dormant for a while and let some deep roots, sometimes deep roots of our faith grow. So when they're, we're in the midst of a really hard thing, you know, I can think of um, this past year, some really tragic things happened in my life. And I could really sit in bitterness over those, or I could be still and know that he is God and allow some deep roots of my faith to take root. Winter is the time when, you know, it, it, when we're talking about creation, that's when the land can lay dormant so that nutrients can replenish 
so that the land can be ready to be fertile come spring. So without a winter, we actually wouldn't have a spring, a summer, or fall. The winter is needed. And so if you're a mom and you're sitting in a really dark season of your life, maybe you're just surrounded by chaos, maybe some really tragic things have happened to you, I would just say, um, start where you are. Know deeply that you're not the only one. It might seem like you are, but there are others who are sitting in the midst of deep hurt. And, and I don't know about you, Jennifer, but I've learned um, in my 43 years of living, sometimes the easiest way through pain is to help someone else through theirs. You know, when I am willing to carry somebody else's burden for a time, mine seems so much lighter. And the other thing I've learned is that my scars are my authority. And, and the things that I've walked through, the winters that I've walked through in my life actually give me the authority to speak great comfort to others who may be experiencing those same things. Now, that doesn't mean I have to turn around right now in the midst of my pain when there's still a deep open wound, but someday when a scar has formed, I can turn and offer some comfort to someone else who's in the midst of their own wounding. That's so beautiful. I'm writing it down, actually, you know, because I think for a lot of us, the last two years have been in one way or the other, deeply wounding, you know, the, yeah. the stress of the pandemic, the stress of the, the ways that our, our world reacted to it, the stress of, you know, so many, so many different aspects of culture have been very stressful to, to moms, to people in the last few years. And so some of us are, almost dealing with a little bit of PTSD from it. But like you said, mm -hmm. when we gather with others, like we're, we're not alone in our pain. We are not the only ones going through hard things with our families, or we're not the only ones who are feeling scared after, after the last few years. But when we gather with other people, we have the chance to get that encouragement and to encourage others and to let, let our, the seeds grow together. You know, there's, mm -hmm. like you said, winter is a time of, of kind of, dormancy of letting all those things that have taken have been sown into us and maybe a better season take root develop for us to ponder one of the things that I love about the Benedictines as I'm researching for this book I'm writing is that every day they read the Psalms multiple times a day in a week they read all 150 Psalms wow. and I think that when we as people can get that picture regularly of the fact that God gives us peace, that his peace is ours. He, he lets us lie down. You know, I read Psalm four today. We lie down in safe in peace and sleep because he keeps us safe. You know, when mm. we can get that picture, just going into our head every day, going to our hearts every day, that God is with us, that we are safe because he's our God, then it is easier to open the doors and let other people in. What do you say? I think a lot of times what keeps us from showing hospitality from opening the cozy to others is fear of judgment we think oh my gosh if they saw the way we're living here if they saw the way that you know the coldness between my husband and I right now or the way my children speak to me or how disorganized my house is if they saw that they wouldn't want to be around me living in that fear of judgment yeah life doesn't happen except through vulnerability so you have to be vulnerable enough to open up your door and let, let the world, let your friends, neighbors, family, extended family, see the real you, the broken you that is blood bought and redeemed by a good, good God, a savior. Um, that really is the gospel, isn't it? Like 
we're not perfect people. Otherwise we wouldn't need a savior. They have to see that we are not perfect, that Christ can redeem and restore even this mess, even me, you know? And so we shouldn't feel ill at ease letting people in. I, I always like to um, talk about the idea of scruffy hospitality, this idea that, you know, you don't have to sterilize your life to be used by God. You don't have to sterilize your life to open your door. In doing so, you're actually saying, yeah, real people live here with real struggles. And you know what that does to the guest as they come in? It puts them at ease because they are a real person with real struggles themselves. They probably have dishes in the sink and kids who squabble and fights with their husband. And it it actually is a little bit reassuring to them to know, okay, my struggles are welcome here too. The other thing I would, would just like to add when we're talking about um, some real hardships that happen and this idea of wintering, please remember, and, and I'm not trying to be glib about anybody's pain. 2022 was perhaps one of the hardest years of my whole adult life for many reasons. Um, so I'm not trying to dismiss anyone's, anybody's real raw pain. But what I have learned, especially in walking through this year, is that um, when, we, when we face a hard thing, we have to look at it this way. It's not that God is allowing this to happen to me. Oftentimes, it's he's allowing it to happen for me. It's the growth that he knows I need. It's the thing that he knows will bring me to my knees to cling to him tighter, to trust him longer. Um, and so if we can just remember that this, our, our suffering isn't necessarily a punishment from God, you know, and we don't have to run away from it, um, praying it away and wishing it away. Sometimes that deep wintering work needs to happen. And um, we can see winter as a, actually a gift from God for us that some, some great things can grow even out of what looks to us like death in dormancy. Yeah. One of my words for this year is peace. And I've been thinking a lot about how, you know, Jesus was the same, like the Bible says, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And I think that as moms, sometimes we're so emotional. We're like, we're happy one day and we're fun with our kids. And the next day we're terrified and we're, you know, our eyes are wide and we're not talking to anybody. And then the next day we're crying and the next day we're happy again, you know, and, and so there's this instability that it creates. And that's part of why I, I wrote Mothering by the Book is I just wanted moms to, get a hold of the impact that their emotions have on their home when they live in fear. But how do we kind of gain that, you know, that peace and that stability and, you know, live in a way that with a little bit more equilibrium when things are so hard and, and even how much of our emotions are okay. Because I think, there's a, there's an error maybe in stifling everything, but there's also an error in just being so led by emotions every day. Yeah, I am so, I, I cannot tell you um, how much I value and appreciate the idea of this God of ours that never changes, you know, as a, as a person whose childhood rearranged itself every day, um, whose, whose life was rearranging and being rearranged every day, God's unchangeableness is so compelling to me and that I can trust it. I can lean into it when I feel like my world is constantly being rearranged um, by me or others. 
I think, like you said, emotions are not bad. I think Christians are too often quick to define certain emotions as sinful. It's not the emotion that's sinful. You know, God created emotions. So when we feel frustrated, when we feel angry, when we feel sad, none of those emotions are sinful. It's how we react in those emotions. You know, I can't always change my circumstances, but I can always change my perspective about my circumstances. Um, and, and so I think that's where this idea of Hugo comes in when we can create a sanctuary where everybody who walks through our door, including ourselves, can just go <sighs> to release the stressors and leave them outside as we cross the threshold into this, this home of ours. And remember, Hugo is a very temporary or, you know, earthly thing. It, there's, there's nothing spiritual about it. It's, it's a, you could call it a quote unquote secular practice. It's not rooted and grounded in faith, but it's some practical tools that you can employ to help you build a sanctuary. So some of those things for me, when I'm creating this sanctuary in my home to nurture comfort, not just for myself, but for everybody who draws close under, you know, under my doorway, um, you know, just Simple things like clearing the clutter, like the physical clutter out of my house so that it doesn't feel so overwhelming. You know, uh, science shows us that our cortisol levels increase and we have this like flight or fight mode happening when we are surrounded by clutter and chaos. So that's just one simple tool. It's not a spiritual practice, but I think you could argue it, it almost is, you know, when we release our material possessions and let them go and don't cling to them so tightly by decluttering, quieting our spaces, we're actually quieting our souls. That's just one example, but that those are the types of Huga tools that we can employ to sturdy us up on days where we feel like I am, you know, caught in a blender with its cap off. Yeah, these are good ideas. I think, you know, for me too, this, this year has been the hardest of my life and December was the hardest of the year, mm. but I did, you know, there were things like making sure I went to bed early enough, um, yes. making sure I had time in the word every day, taking some supplements. Like there are supplements that are made to help us help our bodies produce maybe the hormones that we're lacking in times where there's extra, um, panic or extra stressful things going on. So being, aware that there's more than one piece to a puzzle. And sometimes we can't force ourselves into being cheerful with our kids or putting on a smile, but there might be some little steps, whether it's having someone over and just having in person, like there was one day that was just so hard, but I went to my friends, um, she was having an ornament exchange and there was so much joy there and so much laughter. And it just relieved the pressure. And so I think, you know, getting together with people is so em empowering for overcoming those hard times. And, and so the hospitality, even though we're talking about it in terms of opening the doors to others and, and sharing the gospel in a sense, there's also so much benefit to us when we get together with other people. Yeah. Hospitality is actually a give and take, even if you're the host, um, there's so much you can receive in, in nothing, but maybe just your simple vulnerability. When you have the courage to put yourself out there and extend an invitation, possibly face rejection, there's so much that you receive, um, in being able to share your familial 
connections. Like, you know, when I serve a recipe at my table, that's a vulnerable thing. This is something that I've made for my family. Maybe it's been something that's been passed down from generation to generation. There's stories behind all my meals. And then I'm, I'm putting it out on the table for this guest to make judgments and assumptions about. I mean, it is a very vulnerable thing, um, hospitality. I, I think to what you were saying, I think real, Christians are really quick to forget that we're holistic beings. You know, God created not just our spirit, but our our minds and our bodies and all of those things work together um, and have to kind of be for, I hesitate to say this because I know this will sound very new age and that's not what I mean, but we have to be at balance when, when we are um, physically, something is physically going wrong. Maybe we, we are vitamin D deficient, you know, something as simple as that, that's going to affect our emotions. And then therefore that's going to ooze out into everyone in the home. You know, we, we are tone setters as mothers. And, and so when, when we neglect even just our, our mental health, our physical health, our spiritual health, and, and something is out of balance, that out of balance feeling will be felt by everyone. I think when you are, um, especially right now when we're in the midst of winter and the, the days are dark and long and it seems like a never ending trudge, especially for those of us in, in the near tundra of the, the Midwest. I mean, I, I'm really cognizant of physically writing out scripture verses. I do it almost every day in the winter because I know I need it. It is a physical practice that sets both my mind, my heart, my soul on the right things so that I'm more equipped and more prepared to face the day. Um, again, just another simple little hugely practice to um, to form some good habits yeah. or even rough times. Well, thanks so much for sharing, Jamie. So where can families find your book so they can get some of that encouragement? Yeah, well, you can find my book wherever books are sold. It's called Holy Huga. I also have Homeschool Bravely, but mostly you can join me at jamieerickson.com. That's probably the easiest way to find me. Well, I'm really excited for people to find your work. Holy Huga was such an encouragement last year. And I know that families who are navigating these dark days of winter, whether that's emotionally or geographically, will be encouraged by it. So thanks so much for sharing today, Jamie. I was happy to be here, Jennifer. Thanks so much for having me. 